Fierce Athlete Podcast. We are female athletes being raw and real about the joys and struggles of life, both on and off the field. We share how faith can both heal our wounds and reveal true beauty. Welcome everyone to a special edition of the Fierce Athlete Podcast. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about athlete mental health. And we are in the, when we're recording this, we're in the height of the Olympics. And so we decided that uh, we needed to deviate from season three of our podcast and and really address this issue um, because it's on the forefront of a lot of people's minds right now. So I am joined, I'm so overjoyed to be joined today by a very dear friend of mine, Angelina Hayes. And Angelina is a former college rower um, growing up, she was an avid swimmer. So we've been watching swimming every night and she <laughs> fills me in on all I need to know about swimming. Um, and she's, uh, also a, a current RN. So she's a nurse and, um, is my, is my doubles partner in rowing. So we were out this <laughs> morning. It was really choppy, uh, on the water, but we were out this morning rowing and kind of decided that we needed to do this podcast. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So athlete mental health. Um, you know, I have a master's in psychology and Angelina is a, is a nurse. Um, but neither of us claim to be experts on this topic. Uh, you know, I'm not actively counseling anybody and you're not working on the psych ward. However, uh, I have walked with a lot of women through mental health struggles um, I've had some struggles myself, uh, and, you know, I think Angelina is kind of in, in the same boat there and, and, and being former slash attempting current elite <laughs> athletes, uh, you know, we see this as a real issue and, and we're almost not surprised yeah. by what's going on. And so, you know, we come at this, um, as your sister's. Um, just desiring to really just start the conversation. This is a very deep topic and so personal and so individualistic, but we wanted to kind of have a discussion as to, you know, as to why this is going on. Uh, We've seen recently, we've seen Naomi Osaka, you know, drop out of Wimbledon. We saw Liz Cambridge of the WNBA uh, drop out of the Olympics citing, you know, I'm anxious and my family's not going to be allowed there. You know, and we've recently, most recently seen Simone Biles drop out of the team competition and the individual competition. So this is on the forefront of my heart and my mind and my, my heart really aches for these athletes. So um, we wanted to talk about it. Absolutely. So uh, Angelina, you know, why is this happening? Let's start there, you know, because I think a lot of athletes that are in it right now know. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe not, but because again, it's, it's a bunch of different factors. Um, but for the parent, the coach, the concerned fan, and even the athlete themselves, why all of a sudden um, are we seeing really this mental health uh, crisis? Yeah. Um, I guess the first thing that you can just think about is the amount of pressure. I mean, how could you not I mean, the brain is like any other organ or muscle in the body. It's put under tremendous pressure. And how could you not have mental health struggles if you're an athlete? I mean, the fatigue, the, the, the focus, the constant use and 
just all of the pressure surrounding, you know, your sponsorships, the expectations, the media, the, the public, the fans, you're in the public eye, you're put on this pedestal, you're seen as superhuman. And yeah, I just look at this and say, like, how could you not uh, have a break or how could you not uh, struggle? Sure. Yeah. You know, and, and Simone Biles, even before, you know, kind of backing out of the competition and said, I feel the weight of the world on my shoulders. And, you know, we were chatting earlier about this and, you know, it's, it's not that um, the Olympics is just more stressful in terms of competition than it was 20 years ago. And what I mean by that is the Olympics is still the Olympics. You know, it's, it's the height of an athlete's career in a lot of ways. And so there is a natural pressure that's going to exist there. However, um, this day and age, there's so many, I feel like added factors. There's more access to the athletes via the media, via social media, via sponsorships and the financial pressure. Um, there's also, you know, given COVID there's, there's no fans allowed. There's no real, real close support, uh, that these athletes have. Um, and I'm not going to comment on this, but there's the added political stances that athletes are feeling pressured to take or not to take, uh, and being pressured into, I think in a lot of regards, um, and, you know, I think that kind of creates this perfect storm. Yeah. I also think too, just the added factor of being isolated for so long and then all of a sudden being exposed to so many other athletes and mm. um, being around other people. Um, it's been a long time since competitions have happened and we're sort of just getting back to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, you, you, in regards to Simone Biles and, and sadly a probably high percentage of unknown, there's the added abuse. Yeah. You know, that that's, I think a big factor in, in her camp, but whether it's, you know, sexual abuse or emotional abuse by coaches, um, you know, every athlete has their own story and their own background, but there is a level of um, you're put in the spotlight. You're supposed to be perfect, appear perfect. And yet we've given you no training on how to, you know, have an interview with the world and um, how to be perfect and how to, you know, present yourself. Um, And and I don't even think that's fair. No, absolutely not. I I think that, um, somewhere where we can improve is giving athletes the proper tools. Um, and that starts with having conversations with athletes Mm -hmm. and, and doing things like what Simone Biles has done and being open and honest about how you're feeling. And it takes a lot of courage and bravery to share your story and your feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, I just read a book uh, called Bravey, actually, um, by Alexi Pappas, and she shares her story about post-Olympic depression and also her susceptibility um, to mental illness. Uh, Her mother committed suicide when she was four years old, and Mm. she went through that um, growing up with uh, that being um, 
in her life. Um, and then just going through things herself. Um, and then after the Olympics were over, just that slump. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's probably more common than, uh, we would think. And, and with, you know, if you're an athlete, you know, this cause you're in it, but if you're a fan or a, a coach, uh, or, you know, maybe you're an athlete 20 years ago, the, you know, the, the playing field has changed a lot in that athletes are expected to be perfect and they're under so much pressure. Um, but they're struggling. Um, and everything's hidden because you're supposed to be perfect. And all the, you know, even if it's at the college level or the high school level, you know, it's like the eyes of your school are on you. And so, you know, you can't, um, speak out about your struggles. And I tell you, you know, the amount of eating disorders, the amount of self-harm, the amount of um, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, the amount of promiscuity within athletics, I'd say is higher than the normal population. Yeah. But we don't, we don't talk about it. Right. Yeah. I think as athletes, uh, you cut, you look at us and, I think that it's probably one of the most vulnerable populations for mental health, mm. just because of the amount of pressure, expectation and stress that we're put under every day and that we put ourselves under every day. Yeah. Even from a physiological standpoint, oh, yeah. I mean, you are constantly, you know, running on cortisol, stress hormone, <laughs> you know, and, and when you come off of that, yeah, whether that's post-Olympic or you're injured or sorry guys, I hate to admit it, but we get old, you know, like we're still over here trying to row. And I tell you, I am not the same body that I was 10 years ago. Like, um, even after college, I mean that transition. Yeah. And when you reach that transition point with Alexi Pappas, who was an Olympic runner, uh, for Greece, um, but she ran in America, right? She went to college in America. She did. She went to Dartmouth. Okay. Um, that slump that happens, there's a natural depression there because the, you know, the eyes of the world are no longer on you. What you've been working towards for so many years and months uh, is, is over. And then physiologically you're not running on cortisol anymore. And so your body's freaking out. Yeah. And you need to establish a new equilibrium. Uh, It's, it's very, very common and understandable that a depression will set in. Absolutely. And anxiety. Oh, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So, so what happens? So there's all these factors we've talked about all these things. And uh, you know, there, I'm sure there's many more that we haven't talked about. Yeah. All these pressures on these athletes. Right. And these are things that we've experienced ourselves. What happens though? All that piles on and not, this isn't with everybody. Um, but what is, from a, from a, yeah, a mindset perspective, just what happens? Yeah. As an athlete, I, you hit a wall and once you hit the wall, it's a hard hit and you have to bounce back from it. And you're, you're, I almost see it as you're trying to keep your head above water and you're, you're treading and you're trying to grasp at so many things and you're latching on to your performances, your successes and, um, thinking about your failures in everyday life and you have to adjust and attempt to come out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's a hard feat to do by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, we, we, we almost, we snap and there's no shame in that. The the brain almost gets tired. It's like, you can only, um, withstand a lot of that for so long. Um, yeah. I mean, you think about it, I think, uh, if you think about it in terms of say you're doing a wall sit, you're who, by the way, <laughs> side note, what's your record wall sit? 12 minute wall sit, 12 minute wall sit. This girl's yeah. competitive. If I think about that experience in my life and the mental and physical aspect of that, my brain almost got tired. Well, I would say got tired before my body got tired and was telling my body, you need to stop. You need to quit. You need to, and all those thoughts ruminating. Which is a natural defense mechanism. Which is a natural defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. Um, When I think about that experience and these professional athletes and what they go through every day, you're pushed to the point of failure or close to failure. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to hit your peak at the right time. Yeah. And that is so hard. (laughs) Yeah. And and I think, I mean, athletes are some of the most mentally tough people out there, but what happens with that is there's an expectation to be mentally tough. Yes. And as a result, you can't be weak in any regard. Right. And you can actually be both. And I think it's healthy to be both, but so many athletes and, and athletes, I mean, Olympians probably some of the most mentally tough. I mean, you watch a 2k rowing race. That's like one of the most grueling things you can do. Like they are mentally tough to stay in that, to not quit, to push hard. Like athletes are awesome in that way. However, when that becomes the pattern and there are other things happening at a certain point, you can't push through and you're not supposed to, especially when it comes to your mental health. No. And so when things like panic attacks start happening, um, suicidal thoughts, self-harm, um, those are the flags. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to a point where you're having those thoughts of hurting yourself or, uh, oh, things would be better off without me. Um, that's when it's time to seek, seek help. And I would argue that it needs to be before that. Um, I would argue that coaches need to be on board. I would argue that teammates need to be on board and you need to be looking for signs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we need to not be afraid. I mean, I think everybody needs to go to therapy. Oh yeah. I mean, I've been through therapy. You've been through therapy. It's like, especially like if you're a college athlete and and it's unfortunate, we're going to talk about what we can do later in the podcast to, to help these athletes out. But, um, you know, there needs to be sports psychologists and more than just one for a whole campus. Um, you know, I don't think we even had one at UConn. Like we need to provide the resources, but as even if that isn't available to you, um, you need to talk to somebody. Um, and I think, you know, we watched this interview with Michael Phelps and, you know, he was just commenting on what was happening with Simone and he just said his heart broke because he's been there. Um, but, you know, he, he made the point that when you're there, you just need to be able to be vulnerable. You athletes have been conditioned that you can't be vulnerable. And, you know, I, you know, Simone needs to be encountered right now as Simone, not Simone Biles, Olympic goat goat. <laughs> <laughs> she just needs to be Simone. 
yeah, for who she is, for who she was created to be, for her vulnerabilities, for her insecurities, for her struggles, for her, for her joys. Um, and that is one of the best things, but, but what's that step further? I think the next step forward is, um, realizing first and foremost, your identity does not depend on your, um, passions of athletics or your, um, your career as an athlete or your performances, your successes, your failures, um, your identity lies in that you're a daughter of Christ first and foremost, and that he's going to love you no matter what. Mm. And I feel like that's the one person you can go to and be vulnerable and you'll be received, um, where you are and for who you are. Um, I think that's the first realization that needs to be really pushed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's one of the hardest realizations. We can hear it. I've heard it a hundred times. And some of us may have never heard that. Um, but to live it, you know, we, we want to say those words to you maybe for the first time or just, you know, open your heart right now to these words. You are a daughter of God. And that's where your worth lies. You're loved just for who you are. It doesn't matter if you go on and win the Olympic gold or you sit in that chair that you're sitting in right now for the rest of your life. You will be loved the same. And I, uh, I had an experience when I was in college where I actually was not able to row. Um, I came in as a recruited rower and I was, um, I got diagnosed with a heart condition and Hey, it took rowing away from me from the physical standpoint. And I had to change my role and become a coxswain, which was completely new to me. Um, and I was really frustrated and mad. Sure. And my identity was rooted in that I was an athlete and that was taken away from me. I was stripped of that and I didn't know where to go. Um, but looking back on it um, and coming back to my faith, and talking to a sports psychologist and to my coaches and teammates. Um, I was lucky that I had the support, um, but I realized now it's hard in the moment that that was one of the best things that could have happened to me because Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be where I am today. I've gotten so many different experiences and I am where I am today because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because you went through that struggle and, you know, praise God are now cleared. Don't that heart condition is miraculously through some prayer gone. Uh, <laughs> God is good and you're able to row again, but, but how is that different now? You've been given rowing back, but I, how are you different, especially mentally? What is your approach and how is that different now from, from then? Now, uh, in terms of any struggle that I have mentally, um, I just see, I I almost take it as an opportunity to just look at the struggle and I have a different perspective on it. Um, I would argue that being vulnerable and raw and, um, who I am, um, is so much stronger than hiding behind the straight face and being perfect. I think that mentally you are stronger 
if you share your vulnerabilities and are raw, it takes more to do that than it does to keep the straight face. And I think that that's where, um, as athletes, we need to share our experiences and, um, be there for one another to be received. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just as we are, because that's the beauty too, is God loves us no matter what. Um, do we love our teammates no matter what unconditionally? And, and even though I think it was beautiful, even though Simone struggled, she came back out on the floor and she cheered her teammates on and her teammates, uh, you know, when they all won silver and now Sumi went on and won gold, uh, they celebrated it together because they got there together. And I think that is, that is the beautiful side of athletics and what it can offer, um, because it's an opportunity to love people where they are. Absolutely. And I think if someone knows and feels that they are love for who they are and where they're at, you're going to see higher performances. I think that that's where coaches, teammates, even sponsors. um, If you are accepting and uh, listen to your athletes, uh, they will perform better because they will know that they're being received and they're, they're free to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, having the freedom and the, the weight lifted off of your shoulders, people are just going to fly and performances are going to skyrocket. So let's shift into that. You know, we have coaches listening, parents listening, athletes listening. Um, what are things that we can collectively be doing, whether that's personally or as a society or as a team to health, help athletes either who are struggling with mental health or prevent the struggling with mental health? I would say first and foremost, that, uh, as athletes, um, that we need to change the way we think. Um, I think that we need to realize and um, coaches and parents also need to realize that um, we're all a part of something bigger um, and God's greater plan. And we need to realize that our identity is not rooted in our performance, our successes, our failures, that our identity is that we are, first and foremost, daughters of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a freedom there. Like we talked before, God's love for us is not contingent on whether we win gold or whether we withdraw, right. uh, whether we're the most sound mentally or whether we're really struggling. Um, he loves us for who we are and he's there. And so when we elevate our performance beyond, well, I just need to get gold or I just need to beat this certain person, uh, which we'll talk about in a second to, wow, I've been given this beautiful opportunity, my beautiful body, friends, family, the sport as a gift. And ultimately my salvation as a gift, I just get to give this back in freedom. So whether that's you're going into a race and it's like, God, win or lose this is for you. And then harder you finish the race (laughs) and God, I lost, but that was for you or God, I won. And that was for you. Yeah. Um, I think that really takes the pressure off. Yeah. 
And, and that's, I think, part of the key here is taking that pressure off. And, and you know, you kind of said this earlier, um, doing the right thing for our, our minds, but also our souls in a certain regard. Yeah, we had had a conversation um, about a particular athlete uh, competing in the Olympics from, I believe it's Australia, right? Yeah. Um, she was competing against Katie Ledecky in the 200 free. I'm not the it was either 200 or 400 free. I can't really remember, but, um, her whole Olympic training surround uh, and just career and performance was surrounded about not, not going after a world record, not, um, getting her best time it or, or performing at her peak. It was about beating Katie Ledecky. And mm-hmm. I think that, um, I think that's actually damaging to the soul um, because that's limiting. And it also is um, targeting your sister, your sister in Christ. And I think that can be really harmful and um, actually hold you back Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to being an athlete. Yeah. You know, and and she said, I thank Katie because she got me here, but the whole interview they did with her was like crazed. Um, and again, it was so focused. Okay. So now that she did beat Katie, what now? And I bet that girl's having a little bit of a crisis right now. It wasn't, I want to be the best I can be. I want to reach my full potential. It's I need to beat this person. And that's not true competition. That's not true. Um, yeah, just morality, like being a, 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 you know, well-centered person. Like, of course we want to chase certain goals, but, um, it has to be in perspective. And, And the reason we tell that story is because, when we have misguided motivation, um, it can lead to mental health struggles because we know from a psychological perspective that our thoughts, this is just psychology 101, our thoughts become our emotions, our emotions become our beliefs and our beliefs become our actions. So if my motivation is I want to honor the Lord and glorify the Lord and work as hard as I can because he's given me this and I'm a daughter of God, those emotions of, of love and acceptance lead to love and acceptance of self and to peace of mind. Where if it's, I have to beat this person or I have the weight of the world on my shoulders, or if I mess up, the world will be disappointed in me. No wonder some, some athletes are struggling. Not that we're perfect. Like I, I'm not saying, but as a basis, when we look at what is our motivation and beginning to shift that perspective personally, but also in our teams and how we coach and how we parent, you know, is, are you just, uh, praising your child when they have a great game and are you ripping apart when they don't have a good one? I mean, the, the number one reason kids quit sports is there is the ride home at young ages. Yeah. Um, and so basically what we're saying is, is, is check the motivation. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty good transition into our next tidbit is, um, asking for help. It's, it's hard to ask for help as an athlete. Um, especially if, um, you feel like the person that you would go to or trust, uh, isn't approachable. Mm. So, and working with the people that we've worked with, that is probably the most common response. I, I could never tell my mom or I've tried. Yeah. And they don't think it's an issue or I'm too scared. Um, so maybe parent or coaches, we need to start that conversation. Yeah. 
So I think the, the parents and coaches, especially with our younger athletes, um, we need to keep this on our radar and it's something that, uh, we all need to be prepared for, Mm -hmm. um, because there, there is going to be a time when I guarantee it in the parenting world or the coaching world that you're going to have someone come to you for help. Mm -hmm. It's, it's almost inevitable. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just feel like, um, when those athletes ask for help, we just need to educate ourselves at, to be able to educate them on the proper steps that need to be taken. Yeah. And, you know, and those steps would be, um, if that person is a minor, you know, you're a mandated reporter, you need to tell their parents. Um, it's, it's finding trusted uh, therapists, sports psychologists, um, people that, that these individuals can talk to. And it's, it's creating a safe space. Like, like Michael Phelps said, you don't need to, you just need to encounter who they are um, and listen. Right. Um, and, and create that space that where, where people will, will come to you. And if you're an athlete, um, maybe this is the wake up call. Yep. You know, if, if you're having suicidal thoughts, if you're self-harming, if you're having panic attacks, um, there's no shame in those things first and foremost, but they are serious and you are worth getting help and help is, is so, um, I should say healing is possible. I know it's hard when you're in the darkness to, to think beyond it. Um, but the first step is, I mean, this is AA 101 is, is admitting you have a problem and you're not in control. Um, and, and seeking help, talking to somebody that you, that you trust about your struggles. Right. Yeah. And also, I mean, going off of that, um, I'm not going to get into this, but like too deeply, but in terms of, um, not seeking help in unhealthy ways in terms of drugs, alcohol, um, self-harming, um, unhealthy people. Yeah. Unhealthy people. Um, that moment of realization that, are the ways that I'm coping with my stress healthy. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think that uh, parents and uh, coaches, um, teachers um, and teammates, you need to be aware of these things so you can get help, get the person help. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be intimidating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really our last little point. Again, this is a very, very deep topic um, one that I think we'll have future episodes on, and this is just a conversation starter. So please submit your comments, email us. Um, we'd love to, to hear your story, but, um, I think as a society, and this is a good wake up call that we need, um, we need to be more aware of the reality of mental health within athletics. So if you're a parent, a coach, an athlete yourself, um, keep an eye out for it. I mean, it was actually really, really beautiful. And then this was really eye-opening for me. Um, Angelina joined me recently at a, a camp I was doing. And it just so happened that she happened to come one day at the camp. And within the first 10 minutes of you being there, she noticed two young high school age women, um, both with scars on their body, some fresh from cutting. And I mean, I was with these women four days prior and didn't notice. 
I didn't have the eyes to see. And that was convicting for me because we need to, as parents, as coaches, as teammates, we need to have the eyes to look for some of those telling signs. Are there scars on their body, especially arms and legs? Um, you know, is the person quickly getting skinny? Um, do they talk about not sleeping? Do they, you know, mention offhand comments like, Oh, I'm just going to kill myself. Like even those joking comments, there's could be some rooted truth there. And so, um, we were able to talk to the individuals, you know, get them some help, make sure their parents were aware because once I noticed it and, and she did as a nurse, we're mandated reporters. And so we took the necessary steps to help those women, but it was so convicting as I'm around this all the time that we need to educate ourselves as to, to be aware. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, and just um, even just noticing if, if one of your athletes is having a, a bad workout or their grades are slipping or things like that, just, just being a support to them by asking them, Hey, like, are you doing okay? Mm-hmm. Um, reaching out because knowing that as an athlete and, as a young woman or even a woman in general, um, it can be intimidating to admit, um, that you're struggling, um, mentally, you can be scared. Um, that might be the little nudge for someone to open up to you Mm -hmm. and the next step in getting them help Mm -hmm. and getting them in touch with the right resources. Yep. Yep. And you know, I think as we wrap up there, there's beauty in the ugliness. Uh, I think that, um, we owe a lot to some of these athletes. We, first of all, we need to be praying for them. Um, but we owe a lot to the athletes right now who are using their platform to talk about mental health. Um, I, I bet you that a lot more athletes are going to feel comfortable coming mm-hmm. forward. And that takes has taken a lot of courage. Um, and we need to be patient with them. Uh, they're not perfect. And we have to stop putting them on a pedestal um, and expect them to be perfect uh, we have to honor them just for who they are, not for what they can do. And, and that is the, the culture that we can begin to create just in our own spheres of influence, whether that's with our teammates, whether that's with um, our children, whether that's with uh, the team that we, we coach. Uh, each struggle is so individualistic. Um, but when we start having those conversations one by one, we can really help a lot of these women thrive. Right. Absolutely. And also just um, giving these athletes the environment and space and the ability to be able to be received in that by giving them the time to, um, seek help with a mental health professional or, um, pursue other things they're passionate about by giving them a balance. And especially, I mean, the number one thing that helps with your mental health is eating correctly and drinking water and sleeping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We just had a long conversation recently about sleep and rest <laughs> and the, the importance of that, because when we're again in a state of um, exhaustion, we're not able to, to be free. We're not able to create, we're not able to be sound because the, the body affects what we do. The body affects the mind and affects the soul and vice versa. And so um, we are as human beings, body, mind, and soul, and we have to be taking care of all those things. So again, thank you for just for listening in. Thank you for, for your concern for these athletes know that we are, um, we're here for you. We're concerned for you. The reason we, we kind of 
got right on producing this podcast was um, not that we haven't been talking about mental health and working with individuals um, in a lot of different realms, but specifically with their mental health. Um, we know that uh, we, we want women to, to feel like they're not alone anymore. And we are here for you, Angelina, myself, the Fierce team. Um, reach out, info at fierceathlete.org. Uh, share your story. Talk to us. Um, you know, if you have an encouraging story you'd like to share with others, we'd love to be a platform that you can do that. Um, but just know that you're not alone and, uh, you will see light again if you're in it. I don't know. Any last advice from you? Yeah. Uh, have hope, have hope and seek freedom and promote freedom. Mm. Amen. Well, we love you. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Play fierce. Pray fierce. Live fierce.